Good morning. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Sane. I'm your host, Nicole. This week, we're going to continue the fatherless uh, narrative around children and their upbringing. Uh, I have a guest co-host, Celeste, with me again this week. And we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the statistics about um, fatherless homes. So 38% of children raised in a home without fathers present, physically present, it's from a divorce, which there is a direct correlation to how divorces negatively impact self-confidence, self-esteem. You know, it has an emotional impact on their ability to trust, their ability to love, and their ability to um, feel like they can move forward in their life and those things won't happen to them. 35% of parents never actually even married the father of their children. And again, I am not of the belief that you have to marry that person. Um, Not to suggest that pregnancy outside of marriage is a mistake, but you don't need to compound the struggle by marrying somebody that isn't the right person. So um, if you made a choice that you later reflected on and realized, eh, that person was probably not the best person, but look what I got out of it. The result, the blessing is the child, but you don't have to marry somebody who does not bring anything to the table. We've talked before about you set the bar, you set the standard and everybody you bring into your life. And when you're a parent, your children's lives needs to meet it or exceed it, or they don't get a seat at the table. And that is for your mental health, your emotional stability, but also for your children. 19% are of fatherless homes are due to um, parents who are separated, which again, there are successful couples who are able to co-parent. And when you see those, it's warm and encouraging. And it also makes me wonder if you are that able to co-parent, why you couldn't stay married and learn to communicate But that aside, um, not everybody has that successful co-parenting situation. And oftentimes you hear of children being used as a pawn or they have to keep going back for um, custody and child support or it's not my responsibility to do this and that for them. It's somebody else's. In fact, I know a a lady whose uh, children... Their father literally never wants to do anything for or with those children if it doesn't benefit him. So that has extended into when they want to play a musical instrument in school, it's fine that they play it, but he's not going to help get them to practice and back or to performances and back. And so then that falls back on the mother, even if it's not her turn to have to do that. And so while she is willing to step up and do those things so her children never miss out, those children are still suffering from the fact that their father doesn't care enough about them to want to make that effort. And then lastly, 8% of fatherless homes, again, are due to a widowed situation or something else. Uh, And, you know, that brings to mind a whole slew of things that are already going to be an uphill battle for children to overcome when it's a widowed situation, regardless of the age, regardless of, you know, their financial stability, which again, in a widowed situation always brings to mind, can the remaining person financially sustain life on their own? 
because again, this is 2023 and most homes are two income homes and they're have built their lives around two incomes. And when you're suddenly without, and this could happen to any of us, nobody knows what tomorrow holds. You, in addition to having to overcome the loss of your spouse and try to figure out how to navigate life without them, now you've got the financial struggles, the emotional struggles of your children. And it just seems like this is where we need to be a better community uh, and change the narrative into possibility instead of probability. So um, Celeste, you have shared with us that you never knew who your father was and you did have that strong familial support, but because you clearly fall into the 35% category of never having been married, uh, your father never having been married to your mother, was there ever a time when you felt like society was, you know, focusing and forecasting onto you something was missing in your life versus look at how successful she's being raised with her strong parents and her strong grandparents and her active in her life, aunts and uncles and cousins, et cetera, which again, that clan is huge. Um, I think that maybe people had negative thoughts or connotations or things, but, um, it was never projected onto me, uh, physically. I never heard those things. Um, I was specifically not told who he was, but I was always told that if I asked, I would be told. I never asked because it wasn't important to me and it really still isn't that important to me um, because I don't feel like I missed out on anything, but I wasn't raised to feel like I missed out on anything. I wasn't told that he was uh, someone that I didn't want to be around. I wasn't told that he was a negative person. I wasn't told any of those things. So I don't have any reason to believe anything negative about him even still. But um, I, I was never led to believe that he was a bad person. So tagging in on that a little bit, I again was raised without an active father in my life. And you know, that that where Celeste shared her family never said anything derogatory or negative about him or his presence or lack thereof. Um, My mother was the exact same way, even though she and my father were divorced and she had every right to say negative things about him because he really wasn't the stand-up kind of man he could have and should have been. But she never tainted our feelings for him. She wanted us to express our own feelings, determine our own feelings. And because of that, some of us are a little slower on the uptake than others, but we were also afforded the opportunity to come to our own conclusions about him. Yes. And I, I feel like, um, if he wanted to know me, my family still lives in the same home that they lived in, you know, from the 
early 1900s. I mean, they're still on the same property. So he had every opportunity to drive by (laughs) if he ever wanted to know or see me. So I did feel like um, that didn't bother me per se. I just kind of put it on him like he was missing out, not me. And that's a great way to look at it because, again, what we're trying to focus on is the positive for children, the building them up to be strong, to believe in themselves, to not rely on the crutch of, well, woe is me, I didn't have a dad, so this is why I don't know these things. Or, you know, woe is me, I didn't have a dad, so now I don't know how to be a dad because I'm going to call BS on some of that as well because you may not have had a father show you, which I had a father who showed me what I didn't want, not what I wanted. And because of that, you've had positive people that stepped in, positive people who showed you what to look for in a partner in life. And I feel like you have that now. Yes. Actually, today, my Charlie and I are together 25 years And that says a lot about... That's half my life. Half her life, but also a lot about the success of their relationship because statistically speaking, that shouldn't be. She should not have this positive, lifelong relationship of 25 years. You know, most marriages, 50% of them end in divorce, period. But a greater portion of that 50% are in the first eight years of marriage. And so, you know, statistics are showing how many children are being raised in a fatherless home, but they're not telling the benefit of not having had that father. And so I'm going to share a little bit about, you know, my experiences. I didn't have a father who was emotionally available. I didn't have a father who was physically available. In fact, I had a father that quite honestly was a father when it suited him when it fit in his schedule, when it didn't impact his social life, his dating life, his gaming life, his work life, his whatever. And so consequently, you know, uh, what I learned in that is that he wasn't somebody I could count on. But what my mother showed me is I don't need him. I don't need to count on him. She still never said one negative word about him my whole life. And again, He didn't deserve that honor, but she gave it to him. But she didn't give it to him for him. She gave it to him for me so that I would feel strong and capable and trust in my own instincts. Yes. And um, I feel like when you're going over those statistics, um, I definitely have, I feel like, uh, I don't know how I want to put it, um, People that have lost their father if they've passed or from divorce or something like that definitely is way different than my experience. And my experience is that I never knew him. So it's not like I lost him in some kind of way. So um, I feel for the children that have lost uh, their father to death or a split or he just left at some point in their life because you've gotten to know them and now all of a sudden you're missing someone 
Um, and I didn't have that. So maybe that was easier for me to not know at all. Um, but my mother's brothers, she has three brothers. Um, they all stepped up to the plate for her and me. Um, they were also young, but you know, my uncle Tim, tell me you're going to drive the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Story. I mean, he drove me to elementary school on his motorcycle. Um, my uncle Mike, he had a dump truck business, so he drove me to middle school in his dump truck. Um, it was just anything that needed to be done. Anybody that was available watched the the other kids. Anybody, you know, if my grandmother was working, my mom always was working because she had to. Well, you know, everybody does have to, you would think. But um, so anybody that was around the house, you know, they just took care of. And I was pretty lucky in the fact, too, that I'm one of 13 grandkids, but I got to have 10 years by myself as the only grandchild and, you know, was raised in a in an odd place, I think, in the family where I'm closer in age to my mom's sister um, than I am to the nearest grandchild. And so I'm in this in-between thing where I feel like the grandkids um, overseer, perhaps you would say, um, and not quite a sibling to my mom's uh, siblings. Um, but we're all, we are very close. And uh, I think that one of the things that I would like to point out is to try to not lay that burden on your children with whatever you have going on with a spouse or an ex-spouse or, you know, maybe someone the child doesn't even know. And I don't think it's fair for them to have to try to handle that um, at, at a young age. They just need to be kids and they need to be confident. Um, they need to be taught to be confident and not taught who to like, who to dislike, what side to pick. I don't think that's fair to have to choose. Right. And I, again, second that, as I explained, my mother never made me mm -hmm. choose. She never pointed out deficiencies in my father or even my father's side of the family. She was just all about what she could do for me and what I could do for myself. And the rest of it, it is what it is. It was what it was. But it wasn't ever, you know, if you had a better father, if you had a better family, right. it, you know, I wasn't missing out in life. And I think that that's really what we're trying to hammer home is, you know, just because you may be a fatherless child or just because you may be being raised in a home without a father present, you are still capable of having a happy life a great life, becoming something successful, and developing successful relationships. Because as Celeste pointed out, her and Charlie have been together 25 years, and she did not have traditional parents emulating that. And I've been with my husband for 30 years, and I had the complete opposite emulated for me. You know, my parents are both divorced, uh, some many times over, and their subsequent relationships were not emotionally beneficial 
to any of any of us, us children, themselves, each other. And so again, you know, despite the statistics, despite what society says, you know, I still was able to cultivate and grow a good relationship for the future and for my daughter. So, you know, because of that, I think that's the part we're trying to hammer home is focusing more on possibility, not probability, less on you know, what the statistics say is going to negatively happen to these children versus how as a community we can step up and fill in that gap. Whoever's there, you know, can take these children to school, even if it's crazy Uncle Tim on the back of his motorcycle taking an elementary school kid to school. The important thing was he got her there safely and was happy to do it. Yes. Right. So this is um, part two of this. We might go ahead and extend this into a third week. But uh, in the meantime, make today so awesome that tomorrow gets jealous. Have a good one, everybody.